Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. This is your host, Chad Dotson from RedLegNation.com. Appreciate you joining us today. Appreciate you uh, downloading and, and listening to what we have to say. I'm going to start out by apologizing for the length of time it's been since our last podcast. And I have a good explanation for that. You know, I got roped into sort of running our local uh, Little League softball. My daughter is an eight-year-old playing softball here at the local Little League. And I got roped into running the whole Little League uh, softball portion of the uh, of the program out there. And that turned into being one nightmare after another. And so I've not had a single free evening for the last uh, uh, month or two. So apologies out of the way. I'm going to bring in our um, esteemed guest here today, your friend and mine, fellow editor at RedLegNation.com, Bill Lack. You doing all right today, Bill? Well, I've been sitting at this computer for like a month waiting to do the next podcast. I've been waiting on you for a month, you know. Couldn't figure out why you weren't ever on, so we, you know, we couldn't get these things done. Well, I tell you, I can't catch a break with this group. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that. Welcome back to the podcast. Sorry it's taken so long. Uh, how's it, how's it, how does it feel under the bus there, Chad? Oh, uh, you just you just tossed me there, but it's not the first time, and it won't be the last. So that's, that's all right. A that's a fact. <laughs> We've missed a lot of fun times though in uh, in the Red Leg Nation here the last couple months on the podcast. A lot of fun stuff to talk about. The Reds have been uh, surprisingly competitive. What are your thoughts on uh, where the Reds stand as of today? You have to be excited about where they're at. Um, you know, after having lived through you know the last ten years, and, and in my case, you know, twenty years of Bengals football, the glass is always you know half empty. Uh, at the, I have questions whether they can stay competitive with the way the bullpen's being used, and there ain't a whole lot of bullpen help in Louisville. We'll talk about that a little later, um, but. You know the, the guys on the field. You know the eight, are, they're doing a heck of a job, and, and you can't you can't say enough about the starting pitching. Yeah, I agree. Since the you know really rough start, and it was a pretty bad, pretty bad start to the season, in a lot of ways. Not just that the pitching was bad, but they were making errors. It was just ugly baseball. And then, sort of, uh, they turned on a dime and started playing some really good baseball during the month of May. And you're right, the pitching's been good. Uh, the hitting's been excellent. Um, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I'm like you. I'm sort of skeptical as to whether or not they can stay in the race. There's a lot of holes still on this team, but um, I'm trying to sort of quit looking at it with the, at the glass uh, half empty and, and sort of trying to enjoy uh, what's been a pretty yeah. pretty fun little run here for the Reds over the last month and a half. It really has. I, you know, and I'm trying to do the same thing, but I'm always a guy that's looking ahead, you know, and, and, and going, well, what are we going to do when Roland gets hurt? You know, because, I mean, just odds are going to tell you then he's not going to stay healthy all year. Um, you know, hopefully we just got Votto back. Hopefully that's you know the only time all year he's out. You know, this team is not deep. They can't afford to lose anybody for any extended period, any of the eight guys for extended period of time. Um, 
you know, I, the only place that this franchise is deep right now is its starting pitching. And the starting pitching has been outstanding. And if you'd have told me that we'd be looking at it on June the 1st, and the, really the top starter for the Reds would be at 5-0 and with a 2.22 ERA, Mike Leak. I wouldn't have believed it. What, what else can be said about Mike Leak? Just unbelievable. At this point, he's my number one pinch hitter off the bench, too. Uh, he's hitting 417. His OPS is almost 900. Exactly. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, you have to give, you know, the, I, you know, the, the ultimate decision had to have been Walt Jockeys, and you have to give him credit. He was the only one that saw, you know, I don't know if he was the only one, but he's the one that made the decision that this kid could be competitive at the major league level, and whew, he's been competitive at the major league level. Yeah, no question. I mean, uh, not just competitive. Every start, really, except for one, has been extraordinary. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know, um, his most recent start against the Nationals, of course, he went, uh, we went, went seven innings, gave up no earned runs. I mean, um, two hits, two hits, two for three at the plate. Uh, and and one of the sort of fun things to watch was he was on first base, and uh, Cabrera, Orlando Cabrera, got a hit a double, and watching Leak hightail it around the bases uh, to score from first. I mean, he was absolutely booking it, and um, he's a good athlete, and that's what uh, Buster Olney at ESPN.com was talking about in one of his uh, articles uh, this morning. Just a great athlete. Uh, he can handle the bat. I mean, really, you know, I, I've never seen a kid more ready for the majors right out of uh, right out of college. Well, the, the two, I was talking to Jamie Ramsey from uh, Better Off Red last night, and we were talking about Mike Leak, and and he said that he thinks that he, he, Leak just looks to him like one of those guys that everything comes easy to, and it sure looks that way so far. Um, the only th- two two other points I'd like to make on Leak is one is, and this is me looking ahead again is. When he struggles, folks, cut the kid some slack because he's going to struggle. He's young, but he's going he's to hit a, a period of time where he's going to struggle. Remember how good he is right now because that's going to be you know the way he is most of the time. But there's going to be times when he struggles. The other thing that's been getting some press that I think is going to be real interesting is the kid from Washington. What's his name, Strasburg? Yeah, Steven Strasburg. Let's see how he does in his first 10 or 11 starts and match him up with Mike Leake before we talk about how great that kid is. Exactly. You know, you want to talk about the rookie pitching phenom. He's right here in Cincinnati. Uh, And and I guess if if you'd ask anybody before the season who's going to be the big uh, rookie phenom, they wouldn't have guessed. They would guess either Strasburg or Aroldis Chapman here in Cincinnati. uh, Well, I'm not even sure Leak would have been the second choice in Cincinnati. I know. My guess is it would have been Chapman and then Wood, and then you might have heard talk about Leak. I know. It's just it's insane how good he's been. Um, First read to – Win his first five starts since 1976. Uh, first uh, red, you know, to go undefeated in his first 11 uh, starts. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a great story. And and I'm like, I feel the same way as uh, you mentioned talking to Jamie Ramsey. You just watch the kid on the mound, and he has, uh, it looks like it comes easy to him, and nothing phases him. He has the look of, uh, you know, I guess uh, we always sort of laugh about, uh, you know, veteran leaders and all that. But he has a look of a guy that. Looks like he's been out there for 15 years. Nothing rattles him. He does seem to have a plan out there. He always seems to have a plan, and, and you know that you take your hat off to him. Um, and you got, and again, I said it earlier, but you got to take your hat off to the organization for for, for knowing the right move here. You know, we, we, we if you're going to hammer them when they get something wrong, let's give them credit when they get something right. Well, I think that's a great point, and uh, you know, a lot of people question whether it was a good idea to bring this guy out of the minors to start the season or to skip the minors entirely to start the season 
And, uh, you know, I saw him pitch some in, uh, in spring training on, uh, on television and, and he looked, he looked about like he does now, but, uh, you sort of had to hold your breath and trust that, uh, Walt Jockety and, and those guys knew what they were doing. And, and I agree. You gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due. Clearly he was ready for the majors. But uh, to go back to your earlier point, he's gonna struggle. It's gonna happen. It's the same thing you and I have said over and over and over about every young pitcher that comes through. Be patient with him. Uh, he, he's going to struggle at sometimes. That's just the way it, it's going to be. But uh, you know, I think uh, three years down the line here, really, we've got a uh, an exceptional talent on our hands here, uh, and it's exciting. Yes, it is. And the other thing is, and again, I, and, and I, I haven't tracked his pitch count real closely, but it seems like Baker's been done a pretty good job of protecting him too. Yesterday was the first time that he'd thrown 100 pitches, I believe, um, or maybe the second time. Uh, so yeah, they, he's been uh, he, he's so pitch efficient. He's still pitching six, seven uh, innings, yeah, and, and getting to that ninety pitch level. Um, and so Baker has done well. But you, you sort of bring up a point that concerns me. We're all excited that the Reds are in the in the race, and we hope the Reds stay in the race uh, through September. But what's going to happen if we get to September and the Reds are a game out or a game up and Mike Leake has thrown 40 innings more than he's ever thrown uh, in previous years. Um, I, I'm concerned that Dusty's going to ride that horse because Dusty's job depends on it. And, and we've all sort of questioned, and we maybe can get a chance to talk about this later, some of Dusty's uh, managing this year looks like he's managing to save his job. Like he's not looking long-term, clearly. Um, how worried are you that Dusty's going to ride him too hard down the stretch if the Reds are still in the race? Well, I think the front office is going to have to make a decision on how many innings they're going to let this kid pitch. Whether it means you know whether it means skipping him starts, you know, at some point, you know, when when you've got some off days, or whether it's shutting him down, you know, which would be very hard to do the way he's pitching and if they're in the hunt. But you know, they got a lot of money tied up in this kid, and, and he's got a, you know he appears to have a heck of a future. Is it worth? Taking a, you know a, a possibility of blowing his arm up, I, I would hope the organization's smarter than that. I would hope so too, but it, it's going to be tough for everybody involved. Uh, it'd be tough for me if I was managing. I, I don't want to just hammer on uh, Dusty here. If you're a game out or tied or something like that, and, and Leak's been your best pitcher, you know how do you shut him down? You need him. You know the game. The game's winning, so it's a it's a tough call all the way around. I I'm concerned about long term what that's going to mean. Yeah, and there's a lot of. I think we got a lot of long-term concerns on this team. You know, long-term in, ter- in terms of, of August and September, and, and you know, you know the way the bullpen's being handled. You know, there's there are going to be some rag arms out there by August. You know, late July and August, uh, and there and there isn't a whole lot of help in Louisville. Um, you know, I assume Burton is going to be up here before too long. Um, what they're going to end up, you know, I know what they're publicly saying about Volquez, that they're not looking at him for the bullpen or Chapman, but I, I, I have to wonder if that's just for public consumption at this point. Um, and the other guy that started throwing this week in Lynchburg is Bill Bray. Now, I realize that his arm is held on with scotch tape, but he's another guy that's got a lot of stuff and the Reds really like, and he is still, I believe he's still on the 40, man. Yeah, and they could use him. They certainly are going to need to help this bullpen. Really, with the exception of Arthur Rhodes, who is defying uh, his uh, his age, the bullpen's been pretty uh, pretty much in shambles this year. It's been pretty bad, and um, 
you know, Volquez and uh, and Chapman come July could really, uh, you know, you know, a lefty and a righty that both throw hard could really change the look of the bullpen if that's what they decide to do. I'm with you. And and, and Bray as well. I mean, he, uh, there might be some help on the way, but that's – I'm like you. That's about all you can hope for other than possibly maybe Jared Burton. There's not a whole lot else down there. No, I mean, Carlos Fisher I like at times, but, he th- you know, he doesn't throw – strikes it well enough and I was at the Bats game last night and he gave up some balls left. He gave up two home runs last night that might still be traveling. Yeah. I um, mean they were hit a mile. And and got guys like Logan uh, Andrusek, uh, he he's not ready. Uh, yeah, I think he's with the big club now, but uh, I don't have much confidence in him. And the Del Rosario kid the kind of the same thing. Yeah, he and he may be okay, but he's not shown a whole lot yet, uh, at least in the bigs. Um you know, it, it, with when you got you know Nick Massett struggling, it, it's it really changes the look of that bullpen, um, and and I don't know what they're going to do. Well, and, and we I I don't think anybody expected Massett to have the kind of year he had last year. I mean, everybody thought he'd regress, but I don't think anybody expected to see him struggling as much as he has. And, and, and what I've seen him, it looks like he'll make one bad pitch at the worst time. Yeah. You know, he'll, He'll leave a. He'll, he'll be throwing. He'll throw something really nasty, like you know that St. Louis game where he he just made pulls look awful. Mm-hmm. And then you know it was like the next day he hangs one, and next day, you know and they're picking it out of some guy's ear out in left center field. You know. Yeah, he has the stuff, and you know before the season, one thing I said was that I didn't, I didn't feel like Massett was as good as he showed last year. But by the right. same by the same token, I don't think he's as bad as he's pitching now either. So. You'd think at some point he's going to regress to the mean and at least be uh, adequate out there at uh, some point this season. Uh, but he needs to hurry up and get there because he's killing us. Yeah, and, you know, and, and when they, they when they can't use him, then they have to use everybody else in strange spots. And I think that's partially why maybe Herrera's struggling. Uh, you know, he's had, you know he isn't even getting left to even though he's got his. I read in the paper this morning like this was a big deal. He's gotten his last four left-handers out. But they're still hitting like 380 against him. Yeah, yeah. Which if he can't get left-handers out, he's of no use to us. Right. Um, you know, other than Arthur Rhodes, the, this the, the bullpen has been very scary. Uh, now Rhodes, I don't I don't think Rhodes has given up an, a run since Noah brought the last two animals onto the ark. And, and Rhodes was already 28 years old at that time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he he was already shaving at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rhodes has been unbelievable. Can't, uh, no, no problems with him. But, um, but I'm afraid that Rhodes' arm is going to fall off. Dusty Baker's use of this bullpen is really—he's complaining because he never has pitchers available. He says, but he's throwing five relievers every night, you know, for uh, one batter or two batters or an inning, and um, and he's—he's going to wear Rhodes down. I'm afraid the guy's still, you know, um, ancient. You, you got to watch—he's pitching great, but you can't, you're going to have to watch how many innings he pitches. Um, and he's, you know, I just, I don't understand the usage of the bullpen. It just makes uh, very little sense to me. Um, one, one good thing about the bullpen is though, uh, recently, you know, um, uh, when the Reds called up, uh, Del Rosario and Andrusic, uh, again, Carlos Fisher, of course, sent down and they placed Mike Lincoln on the disabled list. I think he had an inflamed ERA. And so forcing went to watch him struggle out there anymore. Cause he's just been, he's been awful. Just terrible. Yes, he has. And, and the, you know, our closer's been an adventure. He's he's you know been reminiscent of your your friend David Weathers. I wish uh, we I wish we had David Weathers back. If you could, <laughs> we could use him right now. Oh, uh, but 
you know, hopefully they'll they'll get through this. And oh, the, oh, I know what the point I was going to make is you know talking about Rhodes. It isn't so much the number of innings that he throws because he doesn't. He, you know, he rarely faces pitches a whole inning. But it's the number of times he must warm. You know, you have to warm up whether you're going to see one guy or pitch an inning. Right. So you're throwing those pitches. You know, you're throwing in the bullpen. That's more throws you're making. And, and you know, he, he's 40 years old. I mean, at some point, you know, they, they've got to be able to give this guy a break. That's a very good point. You know, uh, you know, you, you they're going to use him four days in a row. Um, of course, Dusty thinks he can use Cordero four days in a row, and that never. That never ends well. Um, here's a thought that I had uh, in terms of looking for bullpen help. I don't know if it'll work or not, but, you know, the Reds brought Sam LeCure up uh, recently, and he's uh, pitched pretty well in replace of, uh, replacing Homer Bailey when Bailey went on the disabled list. A couple of games, ERA 3.9, somewhere around there. I'll tell you what, I think LeCure's pitched really well. The first game, I didn't think he was real, real good. But that game against St. Louis, he was really good. And and he ended up giving up three runs, but only one of them was his fault. He left it with guys on base, and and they you know some you know I still think the Reds could have won that game. They, that, that was one of those games where you could the the, the bad juice you got him. I mean that ball that scored two runs, I think it scored both runs. With I mean it landed on the right field line. Yeah, um, where he busted the guy's bat. Or Del well, Rosario did, and then you know and then the Bruce line drive that almost ripped Scott Rowland's foot off. And this is one of those games, but but I thought Lecure pitched really really well that night. I agree. The first run off Lecure, if you'll remember, was uh, a botched play in left field by Johnny Gomes that yeah. uh, should have been an error. It wasn't an error, and it's never going to be called an error because Gomes just misplayed it, didn't touch it. But uh, yeah, I agree about Lecure. He pitched. A, he deserved much better in that game, and I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, sliding him down to the bullpen, uh, you know, and sending uh, Andrusic down or something. I, you know, I don't know what Lecure's future is as a starter. For the Reds, there's a lot of guys uh, in that mix. Um, it might be a situation where you want to look at him, see uh, see if he can perform out of the bullpen. He's certainly done his job in the two outings he's had since uh, coming up from Louisville. Well, you know, the, when they brought him up, you said you heard his name mentioned as being one of those possible guys in spring training. But during spring training, you never really heard his name. No. And and I think you know I think this is you know trying to to cover their tracks, you know, but. The kid has done nothing but help his stock with this organization in the last two weeks. Yeah, and he's, uh, you know, it was funny. I saw the first interview with him the day before his first start. They interviewed him uh, on a post-game show or pre-game show or something, and he actually got a little teary-eyed. He was so excited about uh, starting in the majors. But as soon as uh, as soon as soon the umpire said play ball in that first game, he sort of had a little bit of that leak in him. He was uh, very calm and collected on the mound, and uh, I, was, I was impressed. I was definitely impressed. Yeah, I, yeah, like you said, I I don't know whether he could pitch out of the bullpen or not, but I think it's worth a thought. I'd rather and try. I, and I can guarantee you, he'd rather be in Cincinnati pitching out of the bullpen than being Louisville in the starting rotation. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and another thing about that is you've got you'll have Owings and uh, and Lecure out there that could go multiple innings, you know, if you need uh, to save your bullpen. So You're allowed to, are you allowed to do that? Well. Dusty Baker hasn't uh, hasn't gotten the memo yet, but yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, I want to get to. We mentioned Louisville a couple times, and I want to get to that in just one second. But quickly, um, we got some news this week on. Uh, we've mentioned them both uh, already: Homer Bailey and Edinson Volquez. Homer should be back this week, um, so I guess we'll see what's going to happen with Lecure at that point. Well, they're uh, still up in the air. I mean, even in a paper this morning, they they aren't definitely saying. They're saying that they may send Bailey out for a rehab start. 
Really? Ah, uh, okay. Um, Homer wants to start Tuesday, but of course he didn't want to go on the DL to start with. Uh, yeah, but that's what that's why you have coaches and other people making decisions, not twenty-four-year-old kids. Exactly, but if, if Dusty Baker's the one making the decision, you know, Dusty wants him to, will want him to marinate a little, no matter whether he's ready or not. So, um, but uh, more interesting, interestingly, perhaps, Edinson Volquez has pitched an inning and extended spring training against the White Sox. Uh, what have you heard about that outing? Well, the paper said that he uh, that he threw ninety four, and you know, and I heard while I was in Louisville that he hit ninety seven on the gun. Wow. So, you know, I'm just, you know, that's just rumor and speculation. But the thing that I don't want the Reds to do is to rush this guy. You know, if he if he's really ready in July, at the end of July, which is what I'm hearing, you know, it would be great to have him. I don't, but you know, and, and you know, where do you fit him in? A lot of people are talking about the bullpen. Then the, this week in the paper, the Reds have kind of poo-pooed that idea a little bit. To me, it seems like a logical step for a guy coming back from arm surgery. He's my right-handed eighth-inning guy. If if I'm in charge, um, you know, let him be the setup guy, or uh, you know, maybe even ease him into uh, before you toss that on him. But if he's if he's throwing up to 97 right now, um, you know, I, well, what an asset that would be to the bullpen. I guess is the way to put it. I you know, I don't know what I don't know why you would rush him to try to put him in the uh, rotation, give Dusty Baker a chance to screw with his arm some more. Um, I, I put him out in that bullpen and uh, see how he does. Then you know, if you need him, uh, if you need him to make a spot starter to uh, in September or something, you've got him out there and you've eased him back into it. Yeah, there's another guy we've talked about the two that the, the might be able to help you in that bullpen late in the year. He's a left-hander. He's down in he's down in Louisville right now. I, you probably heard of him. His name's Chapman, I think. No, I'm not sure who that is. Uh, in AAA. Yeah. If he can help, I don't know anything about him, but um, yeah. But again, that's another one that the Reds are, are, you know, are saying they're not even thinking of considering him for the bullpen. And again, you wonder, you wonder how much of that is, you know, just stuff they're giving the press, or how much, you know, or whether they're, or if they are really thinking that way, you know, when they get into the dog days of July and August and they need some some help in the bullpen, whether their thinking will change on it. That's a possibility, also, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Chris Garber. Uh, one of our editors went down to uh, see Chapman pitch uh, in Columbus there last week, and he had a pretty good little uh, report at Red Leg Nation about what he saw. Um, said he's uh, largely as advertised, throwing motion uh, very free and easy. Um, Chris's quote was, he looks to be exerting himself only slightly more than Bronson Arroyo does. He hit, uh, hit 100 on the radar gun and regularly worked up, up to 95, around the 95 area. Slider at 83-84, uh, but control problems uh, still a bit of an issue for him. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's still got some, some work to do. Yeah, he's close, but he's uh, not quite there yet. But the fact that he's 21 years old and um, and close, uh, is that's still exciting to me. I, he's another one that I don't want people to rush or to, you know, to be uh, impatient with. Right. Because... Uh, He's got a future, and I'm like you. I don't see the I don't see the downside if he continues to progress in AAA. I don't see the downside with bringing him up later in the year and uh, install him in that bullpen. I think of uh, the way uh, the year that the Tampa Bay Rays made it to the World Series, how they did uh, treated David Price that year, who was their big uh, stud prospect at the left-handed prospect at that time, and uh, worked out well for them that year. 
uh, prices had ups and downs since, but uh, I don't I don't see the downside to, to bringing Chapman and uh, and Volquez if they're both ready. Put them in the bullpen, and, and it's not like our starting pitchers have been you know awful. Uh, where there's some logical place that you have to plug somebody else into the rotation. Right. So, I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, speaking of Louisville, though, you were down there this weekend. Uh, what are your uh, What were your impressions uh, down there? Well, let's, let's start out with our spotlight player, Matt Klinker. You got to see him start Friday, didn't you? Yeah, we, we went. That's really the reason we went down was to see Matt pitch Friday night. We spent We spent a little time with his parents, and his uncle was there, and met his sister, and. We had a good time. We all had a good time, and uh, Matt threw Matt threw well. He, he didn't really have his good stuff. I've three, seen him throw better. Um, he told me later his curveball was hanging. A couple of his curveballs got hit pretty good. They stayed in the ballpark, and I, I think he told me he wasn't he wasn't able to throw his sinker for strikes. But he was working. They, they had eight left-handed hitters in the lineup against him. So he was working everybody away, and, and he still, I think he picked, he got six innings, he gave up two runs, and they were both late, I think they were both in the sixth, and one of them was on, and I think the, the last one scored on a ball that was hit into the left field corner that it looked to me like Drew Sutton didn't even really try to catch, uh, I'm sure he did, but you know, it was it was kind of it was a left-handed hitter, and he popped it down the left field line. It looked like Sutton may have thought it was going to go foul or, or whatever, but and it ended up scoring another run. And then Matt buckled down and got the last out of the inning, I think. But uh, you know, he pitched well. He pitched better than he did his first time out. And he, you know, he's 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 doing all right. You know, he, I asked him what was going to happen. You know, what he thought would happen when the. Bailey came off here, and then somebody from here is going to have to go there, and somebody there is going to have to go. And he said, well, he didn't think it would be him. So let's hope that that's the case. You know, they'll probably move down there. They'll probably move Ranicky out of the rotation and keep Matt. But somebody has to leave down there, you know, to, to keep him on, on their number. Now they got a, you know, a 32-year-old closer down there that didn't get anybody out. But Yeah, they uh, the fact that Lair, and you never wish uh, injury on anybody, the fact that Justin Lair is hurt down there, though, does sort of open up a logical spot for Clinker to stay. And and that might have been part of the reason why I was uh, advocating LaCure staying in the bullpen in Cincinnati was just not to, uh, yeah. to increase Clinker's chances of sticking in, in AAA. Um, but uh, glad he's uh, doing well down there. I wanted to get up there this weekend, too, and get a chance. So hopefully in the next couple weeks. Um, as a matter of fact, I'd like to – it was something we sort of talked about a little bit uh, via email is I'd like to you know maybe talk about uh, setting up a Red Leg Nation outing for uh, for Louisville one uh, weekend and hopefully catch a, a clinker start. So we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, and the good thing about where Matt's pitching is you know the, the the bats play so many places close to here. We could do it in Indy, we could do it in Columbus, we could do it in Louisville, uh, even Toledo. Uh, you know, they're all. Places that are within a drive of Cincinnati. Now I know for you it's a longer drive, but it's it, you know it's a place, it's something we can all consider. Absolutely, yeah. There's lots lots of options there in that in the yeah. uh, international league uh, to catch him at, check him out. And I'd, I'd like to see a good, uh, uh, you know, we got a couple of us got to go see him uh, when he was in Double A pitching in uh, Sevierville, Tennessee. But I'd like to see a good group of uh, uh, loyal citizens of the nation, as we say, come out and support Matt because he's having a good year again and. Uh, you know, he's only one step away from the big leagues. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing, and I didn't mention this. I mentioned it when I posted online about Friday night's game. Is Matt gave a lot of credit to Chris Denobi for for him kind of gutting him out in that last inning. Matt had hit 95, and it was really hot. 
he did 95 pitches, and so he was kind of ragged out by the end. He, he seemed like he said, and and Denovi kind of came out there and, and, and gave him pep talk and got him through the end of that inning. And Denovi looked really good Friday night. I mean, he threw a couple of guys out, uh, hit the ball real well, and, and seemed and Matt said handled him real well. So uh, that was good to see too. Um, what are we to make of uh, that? Louisville team. We thought they'd be pretty good, and uh, they've not been uh, particularly good. No, they, they, they really haven't. They, they, you know, I mean, right now they're going to get better when they get Dorn and Francisco back. Um, you know, they lost Heisey up to the Reds. Um, Wait a minute, Heisey's on the Reds? Yeah, he never gets to, you know, he, he's, he's, he's got the seat right next to Paul Yanish. Oh, I, I didn't realize he was with the Reds because Dusty Becker never lets him play. I know. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, Todd Frazier is the guy down there that's, that that has a lot. Uh, I think has people concerned because I mean he had a he had a home run. I think Friday, he had a home run Friday night or triple. One night he had a home run. One night he had a triple while I was down there. And I've gotten confused now. But the other at bats, he really looks lost at the plate. I mean, he just really looks lost. Uh, I mean, I, I saw last night they blew three fastballs right by him. And that's not good. Well, that's the guy I wanted to ask you about in particular because he's a guy that a lot of people, including myself, really, I, I thought he could have started this year in the big leagues. Um, after watching him last year, I was extremely impressed a few times. I saw him play a handful of times last year. Um, but he's been just brutal this year. And, and I don't I don't know I, I don't know what the explanation is for it. I'd like to hear a, a legitimate well, the question. Is, I think the question is, have, have, have pitchers figured Todd Frazier out? And him not being able to make adjustments, or is he peaked? I, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll, only time will tell. I mean, people were saying the same thing about Chris Lake at this time last year. And Chris is playing pretty well down there, even though I'm very surprised that he doesn't have a home run this year. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he's hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, his OPS, you know, his, his power numbers are down. His power, his slugging's under three, under under four hundred. But. He's playing a good defensive second base. Uh, and looking like a guy who could uh, help the major league team at some point. Yeah, yeah. The, I'll tell you the guy that I think if the Reds need an outfielder between now and the end of the year, the guy you're going to see is that Torero. Really? Yeah. He can hit. He had a couple home runs there. He had two last night. Yeah, last night, yeah. Yeah, he uh, his OPS is up over 1,000 now. He, he, you know, he doesn't take a whole lot of pitches, but he can hit. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm particularly interested in Frazier, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because with you know Dorn and uh, and Francisco hurt, if they need any other help uh, in the big leagues, who knows? Uh, of course, they got Heisey sitting on the bench, and uh, and Ballantine's down there too. Of course, they'd have to find a, you know, they have to clear a roster spot to get him back up here. Yeah, and I thought that Ballantine should have been on the roster to start the year anyway. So yeah, the guy, the the, the guy that didn't that, that didn't impress me while I was down there, and you know, no, it was just two games, so it's not a tie. Yonder Alonso didn't show me anything. Really? No. When I saw him uh, three or four weeks ago in Double A, uh, he did impress me. Uh, he was just a professional uh, at bats, but then of course um, he was on first base with one out and somebody had a fly ball left field and he took off running, didn't realize, didn't know how many outs there were. So uh, he's got some work to do. Yeah. I mean, and he's still, he's 23 years old in a triple A. So that's still pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, uh, I know people are going to want to give up on him. They, everybody wants to give up on these young guys, but 
yeah, he's still. Uh, there's no reason to uh, be too concerned about it, but I'm interested interested to hear that he didn't look particularly good when you saw him. No, he, he really he didn't do anything the last two nights that really impressed me. Well, well, back to the major league level. Uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, leave today is how surprised are you at the Reds? Offense this year, we all expected them to be uh, maybe a little better, is what we uh, said uh, preseason. They'd be better than they were last year, but they've been among the best uh, in the majors. Uh, their offense has been uh, this year. How surprised are you? I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, Gomes is probably the biggest shock. Uh, Roland's power is a big surprise. Um, Cabrera, you know, he's done a pretty nice job at this since they put him in the leadoff spot. Um, at least, well, at least the teams, I, I shouldn't say it because I haven't really looked at the numbers, but the team has been successful since they put him in the leadoff spot, which helped, which sure helps Stubbs. Um, you know, the, 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 the job that Dusty's done, whether you, whether you agree with the way he was doling out the playing time or not, the, the way, the, the both catchers have, have dealt with the with the situation, you know, between before Hannigan got hurt, uh, they were both doing a heck of a job. You know, the left field position is doing a heck of a job, no matter who plays out there. You know, it's one of the top left fields in in, in the National League, and the catching is probably the top, you know, position in the National League. Uh, and Joey Votto is he's Joey Votto. Yeah, he's been every bit as good as we could have hoped uh, this year. You said your uh, biggest surprise was Gomes, and certainly he's been a surprise. But to me, the biggest surprise has been Scott Rowland. Um, you know, Rowland has 13 home runs this year. He had 11 each of the last two years in, you know, more than twice as many at-bats, certainly. Um, his uh, on-base percentage is 350. His OPS is 921. I mean, um, I don't expect that kind of uh, production all year long, but he has been nothing short of brilliant all year. His defense is not as good as it has been in the past, but it's still good. It's still better than what we've seen at a third base in the recent past in Cincinnati. Um, but he's just been uh, unbelievable. Johnny Gomes' uh, OPS is almost 900. Uh, you, you talk about excluding the catchers. Out of the other seven uh, primary starters, five of them have OPSs over 800. Um, you know, and, and, and Drew Stubbs, his, since he got moved out of that leadoff spot, his on-base percentage has been three set around 370. Uh, Cabrera's on-base percentage is still 305. He's not done particularly well, but um, but the team has done well, like you said, right. since Cabrera moved to that leadoff spot. So it's I, it's like they put him to where they needed him to play, so that they could have everybody else in a spot where they could be effective. Yeah, he, he's out of position in the lineup, but the rest of the guys you can kind of uh, are kind of. Stubbs is probably more uh, better suited for the seventh spot or something. He certainly hit better since he uh, got dropped well, at least down. At right now. Right. You know. Yeah, he'll eventually uh, be a leadoff hitter, I believe. Um, but he's been good. His, you know, his OPS is 7.18 at this point. Uh, and for a center fielder that plays brilliant defense uh, at his age, I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely yeah. fine with that. You know, when he's not getting run over by a left fielder. Oh, uh, yeah. Gomes is brutal. Uh, I but- made it. I said the other day that the other uh, thing is the other thing is, and I'm going to say this is my safe my safe face on the Scott Rowland deal, which I I still don't like the deal. Uh, the left side of this infield is brutal. I mean, there are too many ground balls that get through the left side of this infield. 
It's terrible. I mean, it's really, really bad. And, and it wouldn't be as bad if if the if the Reds manager and coaching staff would not be afraid to take a veteran off the field to put a younger, better defensive player in a ball game late. But they simply will not do it. Well, I agree, and. Um... You know, we, we've talked about Cabrera, the Reds doing better since he got moved to the leadoff spot. And, and, you know, I don't want to hammer on Orlando Cabrera. He's done some good things for this team and had some uh, timely hits. But, look, his defense is awful. I mean, it's just terrible at the most important defensive position. His OPS is 671. Uh, you know, you can't tell me that Paul Yonish can't hit at a 671 clip uh, in terms of OPS. Uh, I just I don't believe that uh, – that Yanish can't uh, can't do that, and Yanish would really shore up that left side defense. The whole left side of the of the field, with Gomes in left field and and Roland Roland, who's not bad, but he's certainly not uh, his range is it's noticeably less than what it's been in the past. Uh, Cabrera can't move at all. I mean, he's he's stuck in cement out there uh, at shortstop. So I got to think this team would be even better uh, with uh, with Yanish. Uh, at shortstop, but of course now Giannis never, ever, ever gets to play. Um, you know he's had 32 at bats in over two months, uh, and and I don't know why Dusty Baker hates Paul Giannis, but um, and Giannis is not the savior. You know he's not he's gonna he's not gonna be a good hitter, and probably a, if Dusty tried to put him at leadoff, it, we'd all complain um, every single night. But I, I feel like the Reds will be a better team. I feel like he could. Uh, Get an OPS of 671. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, and even if even if you believe Cabrera is a better offensive uh, uh, you know, player, and he probably that, is that, in the long run, that doesn't explain in the seventh, eighth, or ninth innings why he's still out there and Paul Yanish is sitting on the bench. Well, and and you hit it. Why you know why it is, and you hit it a minute a minute ago. It's uh, Dusty's not going to take that veteran off the field. Um, I, you know and. And we all give Dusty some uh, some credit for being able to handle the egos and the manage the personalities of the team. And maybe that's a situation where he feels like he'd be embarrassing the veteran, but it's hurting the team. It's absolutely hurting the team. Yeah, and, and you know the other thing you have to question, and, and I understand right now why they're doing it because they got you know they've got some injuries and that kind of this that and the other. But are they really doing Chris Heisey a favor at 25 years old for him to be up here sitting on the bench? You know if he's if he's not going to play. I don't know. You know you, are they better off with Heisey down in Louisville playing every day and them having Torero up here who's 30-some years old? I, I, I can't answer that. Or even Ballantine up here. Um, you know, Right you, now, I think I think Torero is probably in front of Ballantine on the pecking order. Either, from what I saw. And either one of those guys could handle the role that Heisey's been given, which is you know to sit up here and look pretty on the, on the bench and, and be used – Ever so occasionally, um, yeah. Heisey's not certainly not helping himself, but uh, I don't know where they're going to get the at bats because uh, Gomes is hitting so well. You've got to keep him in the lineup. Yeah, but you know, and we and we we've, we've argued the Miguel Cairo thing all year. But I can tell you what the job he did while, while Joey Gomes was out just saved him for two more months. While jo- while Joey Votto was out, yeah, yeah, um, as well as the hit. You know, he, he he got all of his hits for the rest of the year in that two week period or that one week period, 
and it saved his roster spot for the next two months. Well, he's, I, he's not in any danger for the next two months. I think you're right. I think he's probably here for uh, the long term, at least as 2010 goes. But um, and, and you know, give the devil his due. Um, we needed him during that time uh, when uh, when Votto was out. The Reds were playing pretty well, and, and the Reds needed that bat, and he got a little bit of a hot streak, uh, a little lucky maybe, but uh, he did an outstanding job, and uh, kudos to Miguel Cairo. But uh, Well, we've always said that, you know, you've got to take advantage of your opportunities when you get them, and he sure did. Yeah. And and, and I want to point out something else. We uh, have a history of uh, coming down hard on Brandon Phillips occasionally. You know, Brandon Phillips batting 287, his uh, on-base percentage is 354, OPS over 800. I mean, uh, yeah, there's going to be times when he's not hustling, but if he hits like this uh, and, and plays the defense that he usually plays, I'm not going to complain about Brandon Phillips. I'm, I'm pleased with how he's done this year. I haven't looked at his splits, but my guess is they've improved dramatically since they moved him out of the four-hole. Oh, he was hitting. He was brutal when he was in the four-hole. He's back in the four-hole today, of course, um, and the Reds are losing as we speak, but... Um, yeah, in the two-hole, and I haven't looked at it either, but just uh, from my in- imperfect memory, he's hit uh, exceptionally well. His numbers have really uh, improved since he was in that two-hole. And, you know, 354 on base percentage out of Brandon Phillips, I didn't know if we'd ever see anything like that. No, I didn't either, and you sure in the heck are happy about it. Yeah, you know, and, and, and people complain a little bit about Jay Bruce, uh, you know, but at his age, he's got a 364 on base percentage and OPS at almost about 820. Um you know? And I'll tell you what, in the, you know, and I haven't seen every game and every at bat and all that stuff. But I'll tell you what, Jay Bruce seems to me like he's hitting bad luck most of the year too. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, he has is so much more selective at the plate this year than he was last year. You know, we all were really frustrated last year because he was swinging at everything. But uh, you know, he uh, Buster Olney's article this morning was talking about his plate discipline. He's seen a lot of pitches, and uh, you know, uh, he's walked twenty nine times. He's uh, you know leading the team in walks. Uh, no complaints about Jay Bruce's and, and exceptional defense as usual. I don't know when teams are going to qu- realize they can't run on Jay Bruce's uh, left arm, but uh, you don't run on Jay Bruce and you don't run on Ryan Hannigan. You do not. You might be able to run on Ryan Hannigan now uh, because he's not playing. But uh, and and you know I didn't mention that in talking about the offense earlier. I sort of excluded the catchers, but. Uh, Ramon Hernandez's OPS has finally slipped below 800, but, you know, his on-base percentage is 390. Ryan Hannigan, uh, his OPS was 975 in the time he was playing, uh, you know, hitting 351. Um, you did mention it briefly that the, in terms of a catching tandem. Nobody's been better. Uh, Hannigan certainly is brilliant defensively as well, so um, I, I could not be more pleased. Uh, in, the, in the 29 games that Brandon's played, then in the two-hole, his batting average is 304. His on-base percentage is 370. And his slugging's 478. So his OPS has been 848 in those 29 games. Wow. He's got 11 doubles and three home runs, and he's even drawn 10 walks. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, I mean, can't you can't ask any more out of him than that? No, you can't. And so, uh, yeah, maybe we get Homer back, and uh, things. Could, you know, who knows? Who knows? I, I want to believe that this team is going to be in it for the long haul this year, and, and I want to believe that we're going to be fighting, playing, playing some meaningful baseball in September. I don't know, but I, I, guess, I want I guess my question is is this, is when do we, we being the cynics like myself, completely buy in? I mean, I'm rooting and I'm happy and I'm all that stuff, but I'm still going, yeah, but. 
when does the butt come off the sentence, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, it may, it may be a while, frankly, because, you know, there have been four, well, I think we saw four times in this nine-season nine losing uh, streak the, the Reds have had. Four of those times they've had as good or a better record uh, as they do right now in those seasons and ended up tanking. Um, the Reds have been, sort of been here before and ended up tanking. Maybe this, maybe this team's different. Uh, this team certainly has better pitching than some of those other versions of the Reds. Um, and so maybe this team's different. I don't know when we can finally – but, you know, I think we can still be skeptical about whether or not they can compete, but still thoroughly enjoy watching them win and, and play well, and, and we can certainly hope that they do well. Uh, I don't think those are mutually exclusive. Uh, well, I agree. And, and the other thing is to me that, that we can we can look at this no matter, no matter what happens. If some of these young guys are, are, are playing well, the Vadas, the Bruces, the Leaks, the, you know – Bailey's uh, is a, is a you know dress rehearsal. Hopefully for next year, was which is the year most of us, at least myself, really expected this team to compete. Yeah, I think uh, it, that's that's a good point. Perhaps the difference between this year and some of those other years the Reds tanked is this year. There's real reason for hope um, next year and, and the year after. Um, so. I'm, I, I hope they can stay in the race. They're, you know, hanging right in there now. And, uh, you know, if they can uh, take two out of three in this national series, uh, of course, by the time this thing, uh, you guys are downloading this thing, you will already know whether that's happened or not. Um, you know, it's a 500 road trip, and and that's okay. Come back home, play the Giants, uh, then, then home against the Kansas City Royals, um, then L.A., then on the road to – play Seattle, Oakland, and Cleveland, you know, some decent teams in there, but there's also some teams the Reds could be expected to uh, have some success against. Uh, so if we could be hanging out in there in the All-Star, around the All-Star break, uh, especially if we finish up the before the All-Star break with four at uh, the defending National League champs, um, if the Reds are still in the race at that point, you know, I might start looking at that glass half full. I don't know. Well, I, I think this – I don't see any reason, unless the Cardinals just get ungodly hot and run away with this. Uh, I don't see any reason the Reds can't continue to play at the level that they're playing. And Barring, barring an injury to someone like Votto, Bruce, Phillips – if they lose Roland for an extended period of time, I think that you know that's a, a big concern. And at this point, you have to wonder if they lost Gomes. Yeah. But you know, who knows? Heisey might step step in there and play very well. You just never know. But if you lose a Votto or a Bruce or maybe even a Phillips, it's going to be very difficult to replace. And, and Roland, I think those are the four. Yeah. Well, injuries. That's that's sort of the reason why the Reds, I feel like, may have a chance of sticking in it. Is that Assuming the Reds don't hit, hit that injury, uh, get the injury bug hit them, because the Cardinals have had some injuries, especially their pitching staff. So the Reds, you know, I could see them hanging with the Cardinals, and you know, we get to September in the race. Who knows what happens? So, um, man, can you imagine what it'd be like to have some meaningful baseball late in the season? How much fun would that be? Well, see, I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> yeah, but if it goes much longer, your memory is going to be failing you. And uh, that's be- true. You know, I have to take my medication to. Because it's been a while. Uh, you yes, know, it's, it has. It's been a decade uh, since the Reds have, uh, you know, been anywhere near a race. So, uh, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm skeptical, I guess i got to admit. But I'm, I'm having fun, enjoying the, enjoying the way the Reds have played so far, and I'm hopeful they can stick in it. 
Anything else uh, you can think of before we break out of here? Well, you wanted to do your tribute before we got out of here. <laughs> well, I didn't necessarily want to do a tribute, but I did think it, you know, it deserves to be mentioned uh, that uh, Ken Griffey Jr. announced his retirement this week, probably a couple years too too late, but he announced his retirement, and, and, the, and the fact that Jr. is an, an all-time uh, major league great, um, maybe maybe he's been a little overrated. Uh, you know, he was considered to be uh, the next Willie Mays at one point, and, and injuries robbed him of some of that. And we all know all about the injuries because most of them happened uh, after he joined Cincinnati. But sure, would, but sure, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer. Exactly, and, and you know, just kudos uh, on on a good career. It could have, I guess, there's some regrets uh, on his part because of the injuries. But I was always a huge fan of Junior. I know that a lot of people in Cincinnati were not, uh, and even those who didn't actively dislike him, some never sort of warmed up to him. And, and Junior you know, brought some of that on himself, but he was always one of my favorites, and uh, I, I'm sad to see him uh, go out like this, but I think uh, when you sort of reflect on, on a good career, um, it's been a, you know, it's been a lot of fun watching him play over the last uh, two decades. Well, I don't think you, I, I don't think that there is any doubt that he is the best player of the last two decades that isn't tinged in any way. Yeah. Uh, you know, his time in Cincinnati, it wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't what he wanted. You know, the injuries, you know, he, I, I don't think he's, I, in many ways, I don't think he helped himself with the fans and the media in Cincinnati, whether it was expectations, whether it was differences in the way he was treated here and in Seattle. Heck, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, I think he tried hard. I think the injuries got to him. I feel bad for that. I, you know, I, I wish we'd have had the success we expected when he came to the Reds. It would have been a fun ten years, or however long he was here, eight, nine, whatever it was. But it wasn't, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you wish the guy ill or anything like that. He's, But, you know, in five years he'll be in the Hall of Fame, no doubt, and uh, it'll be well-deserving. Yeah, and, and we'll be uh, you know, excited to see him go into the Hall of Fame. He was, he was a fantastic player. Uh, he was a joy to watch uh, most of those uh, two decades, and uh, just uh, good luck to, to Junior. Uh, now, Ken Griffey Sr. is still a part of the Reds organization. You're not too uh, excited about the job he's doing but, uh, in, uh, as hitting coach in Dayton, I understand, but maybe we better uh, leave that for another day. I just wish they'd take a pitch once in a while. Not all the time, just once in a while. The leading, when the leading hitter on your team has a 325 on base percentage, that's not good. Yeah. All right. Well, he, he may be the next hitting coach in Cincinnati. Who knows? Um, anyway, anything else you can think of uh, that you want to leave uh, – leave, uh, our listeners with before we go we're going to try and be better about getting these on more often yeah absolutely i'm my time has freed up finally i'm done with this stupid softball and um back to getting these done i'm actually working on getting one scheduled for next week right now um hopefully we'll have that up and hopefully we'll get these out regularly from this point through the end of the season and beyond bill thanks for joining us today happy to be here as always all right, and thank you guys uh, for uh, downloading and listening to us. I know you got a lot of things you can do with your time. Appreciate you choosing to download this podcast and listen to us ramble for a little while. For Bill Lack, this is Chad Dotson saying so long from the Red Lake Nation Radio Podcast.
This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.